Hello, and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer, or Mid-East soccer podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. China and Russia are as much allies as they are rivals. A joint Tajik-Chinese military exercise in a Tajik region bordering on China's troubled northwestern region of Xinjiang suggested increased Chinese-Russian military cooperation has not eroded gradually mounting rivalry in Central Asia, long viewed by Moscow as its backyard. The exercise, the second in three years, coupled with the building by China of border guard posts and a training center, as well as the creation of a Chinese security facility along the 1,300-kilometer-long Tajik-Afghan border, Chinese dominance of the Tajik economy, and the handover of Tajik territory to China almost two decades ago, challenges Russian-Chinese arrangements in the region. The informal arrangement involved a division of labor, under which China would expand economically in Central Asia, while Russia would guarantee the region's security. The exercise comes days after China and Russia operated their first joint air patrol, and months after Tajik and Russian forces exercised jointly. The exercise represents a next step in China's overall encroachment upon Russia's self-proclaimed sphere of influence in Central Asia, said Russia expert Stephen Blank. Moscow has given remarkably little consideration to the possibility that China will build on its soft power in Central Asia to establish security relationships or even bases and thus accelerate the decline of Russian influence there, added Eurasia scholar Paul Goebel. The perceived encroachment is but the latest sign that Russia is seeking to balance its determination to ally itself with China in trying to limit U.S. power with the fact that the Chinese and Russian interests may be diverging. The limitations of Russian-Chinese cooperation have long been evident. China, for example, has refrained from recognizing Russian-inspired declarations of independence in 2008 of two regions of Georgia, Abkhazia and South Ossetia, that recently sparked anti-government protests in Tbilisi. China similarly abstained in a 2014 United Nations Security Council vote on a resolution that condemned Russia's annexation of Crimea. Meanwhile, Chinese dependence on Russian military technology is diminishing, potentially threatening a key Russian export market. China in 2017 rolled out its fifth generation Chengdu J-20 fighter that is believed to be technologically superior to Russia's Su-57E. Perhaps most fundamentally, Chinese President Xi Jinping opted in 2013 to unveil his Belt and Road Initiative in the Kazakh capital of Astana rather than Moscow. By doing so, 
and by so far refusing to invest in railroads and roads that would turn Russia into a transportation hub, Mr. Chi effectively relegated Russia to the status of second fiddle, at least as far as the Belt and Road's core transportation infrastructure pillar is concerned. China's recently published latest defense white paper nonetheless praised the continued development of a high-level military relationship with Russia that is enriching the China-Russia Comprehensive Strategic Partnership of coordination for a new era and playing a significant role in maintaining global strategic stability. In a bid to ensure Russia remains a key player on the international stage and exploit mounting tension in the Gulf, Russian Deputy Foreign Minister and Special Representative to the Middle East and Africa, Mikhail Bogdanov, this week proposed a collective security concept that would would replace the Gulf's U.S. defense umbrella and position Russia as a power broker alongside the United States. The concept would entail creation of a counterterrorism coalition of all stakeholders that would be the motor for resolution of conflicts across the region and promote mutual security guarantees. It would involve the removal of the permanent deployment of troops of extra-regional states in the territories of states of the Gulf, a reference to U.S., British, and French forces and bases. Mr. Bogdanov's proposal called for a universal and comprehensive security system that would take into account the interests of all regional and other parties involved in all spheres of security, including its military, economic, and energy dimensions, and ensure the provision of humanitarian assistance. The coalition, to include the Gulf states, Russia, China, the U.S., the European Union, and India, as well as other stakeholders, a likely reference to Iran, would be launched at an international conference on security and cooperation in the Gulf. It was not clear how feuding Gulf states like Qatar, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and Iran would be persuaded to sit at one table. The proposal suggested that Russia's advantage was that it maintained good relations with all parties. Russia's contributions to the fight against Islamic terrorist networks and the liberation of parts of Syria and Iraq can be regarded as a kind of test for the role of sheriff in a greater Eurasia that would include the Middle East, said political scientist Mitri Yefremko. Mr. Putin this week asserted himself as sheriff by, signals, by signaling his support for embattled former Kyrgyz president Almazbek Atambayev, a Putin crony who has been charged with corruption. Following a meeting in Moscow, Mr. Putin urged Mr. Azimbayev's nemesis, President Surumbay Jinbekov, not to press charges. At the same time, Mr. Putin, building on his visit to Kyrgyzstan in March, offered Mr. Jinbekov a carrot. Kyrgyzstan needs political stability. Everybody needs to unite around the current president and to help him develop the state. 
We have many plans for cooperation with Kyrgyzstan, and we are absolutely determined to work together with the current leadership to fulfill these plans, Mr. Putin said. Russia and Kyrgyzstan signed an agreement during the visit to expand by 60 hectares the Kant Air Base, 20 kilometers east of the capital Bishkek, that is used by the Russian Air Force and increase the rent Russia pays. Mr. Putin further lavished his Kyrgyz hosts with $6 billion in deals, ranging from power, mineral resources, and hydrocarbons to industry and agriculture. Mr. Putin also allocated $200 million for the upgrading of customs infrastructure and border equipment to put an end to the backup of dozens of trucks on the Kazakh-Kyrgyz border because Kyrgyzstan has so far been unable to comply with the technical requirements of the Russia-led Eurasian Economic Union, or EEU. Uzbek President Shavkat Mirziyayev last month gave the EEU that groups Russia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Belarus, and Armenia a boost by declaring that Uzbekistan would need to join the trade bloc to ensure access to its export markets. EEU members account for 70% of Uzbek exports. Said Russia and Eurasia scholar Paul Stromsky, China's deft diplomacy towards Russia, along with both states' desire to keep the West out of their common backyard, has kept tensions behind closed doors. But with China now recognizing it may need to strengthen its security posture in the region, it is unclear how long this stability will last. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.